Welcome back to Coffee and Christ. Episode... 12? No. 13? 14. 14. Sorry. <laughs> 14. <laughs> My headphones are very loud. Really? Mine are... Mine are like... Not very good right now. Mine are super loud. Oh, the, oh there we go. I got, got it. it. Yeah. We're a little... Now I hear it myself. We're getting settled back into our studio after being on the road last week. Being on the road. We had to, you know, re, you know, recuperate, get together. But, uh, recuperate. Oh, (laughs) just heard recuperate, and I was like, what does that mean? No, recuperate. I feel like I used that word right. But I don't know yet. We maybe should have tested the audio. It's good. (laughs) My headphones were screaming in my ears, but I'm good now. I'm still, still messing with it. All right, I think we're good. Well, my week has been good. Really? Yeah. So, uh, been very busy. Oh, yeah. But that's a good thing. We just finished selling fireworks. Had a great year. Whoop. Great year. Whoop, whoop. So, got all that. For, um, the fourth was exhausting. Like, when I woke up yesterday, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. I was like, oh, my. Because no. used to, we sold fireworks for, this is our 25th year. My grandpa started it, and now my family does it, and... We used to, like, when we were done, we would sell to, like, midnight on the 4th. And then um, after that, we would put all the fireworks away and come back, like, the next week to break the tent down. Well, two years ago, me and Josh got the bright idea that we're all here. Yeah. So why not just take the tent down while we're here? And so this year we sold out at, like... I don't know, eight. But it was funny because me and we have two firework tents. So me and Josh left. My brother-in-law, shout out to Josh because he listens every week. But we went and took our smallest tent down, and um, then after that we put it all in the trailer, brought it back, put it in the building. That it was like ninety degrees. It was miserable, and I was drenched in sweat and like sticky and na- I was nasty. And then did that, and then we took our big tent down. Which, it was funny because we were still selling fireworks. So we all got on a corner and just shifted the tent over like 50 feet and took it down over there. And we were just having like a glorified yard sale. Because there were just <laughs> tables like outside. <laughs> and people no were tent. still stopping. But but it was fun. But like I, I woke up because I had to go to work yesterday. And I was like, I think I've been hit by a truck. Yeah. The I, massage uh, I got did not last that long. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if your dad would like me to tell this, but when I was talking to him this morning, I said, how the fireworks go? And he said, I am still firework hungover right now. Yeah, that's what he told, that's what he told me last night, too. And I was he like, said, I'm a little groggy in the firework hungover. Yeah, I was like, ugh, rough time, rough time. It's fun, though. It, oh, yeah. It's worth it. Like, it's just the fourth is a lot of work. But then we, but when you leave, like we got all the tents down. We, we had a few things left on the table. But, like, we couldn't even... We were trying to bring them in because we're like, okay, we're done. Like, we're, we're good now. And we were trying to um, get the tables inside, and people were still stopping. So me and Josh grabbed a table and ran. We're like, we're, we're close. <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> we're like, Go away. running back. Yeah. But it was super fun. Then we're leaving basically tomorrow to yeah, Mexico. Pretty much. And pretty much. I'm very excited. That also means no podcast next week. That's true. But you're going to hear so much about it the next next week. Oh, it's going to be like a two-hour. It's going to be a special episode. I don't know if we'll even get to much Bible. We probably will. But we'll probably tell a lot of stories. Yeah. 
Definitely. It'll be fun. We're really excited. It's going to be a great year. Oh, yeah. But, and I wasn't really excited until today, honestly. Because you just started Because I was like, well, I've been in like, we were at Short Mountain two weeks ago, straight from Short Mountain to doing fireworks. And now I was like, everyone's like, are you excited about your trip? And I'm like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But then today I was like buying all my stuff and the Dramamine because I get sick on the airplane, <laughs> like getting all my stuff at Walmart. And then I was like, okay, now I'm excited. Yeah, that's you know? go time. So I'm packing tonight after church. I wish I could relate. That, that's true. Yeah. Sorry. I'm dog sitting this week for Megan and Steven. And so I don't get to be at home. So as soon as I'm leaving work a little early and then so I could go home and I pack wasn't, I wasn't aware of and that. then oh, well I asked your dad <laughs> that's okay I'm leaving work early too <laughs> I said it's okay if I leave work like 30 minutes earlier or so he said yeah I'll leave like one I mean maybe anyway but uh, the other shop guy Robert he's back in school so he won't be there Thursday or Friday so if we're not busy I might leave a little earlier I would but we'll see we'll see because I need to pack but yeah, I'm, I'm still at that point, too, where I'm not, like... I'm excited to a point, but, like, as soon as I, like, get off the plane, I'll be like... <gasps> kind of deal and get really excited again. But, um, yeah, this week, I am obviously haven't been as busy as you, but I just feel like I've been running with, you know, like a chicken with a head cut off just everywhere. Just because I'm not... I've not been at home a lot, and so it's just uh, been a little crazy, but... It's been a good crazy, you know, making yeah. money and just living life, enjoying life. Living my life. <laughs> living my life. What else has been good this week? I mean, that was all I had to say. Really? What else has been oh, good? What's been good? Or anything about your week, I guess. Well, I look at it a positive spinoff. I got a nail in my tire, mm-hmm. and so I went to patch it, and then they were like, your tread is way too low, man. We can't even patch this. And I was like, great. And then they spouted some money on me and said you're gonna have to change your tires <laughs> but I Bryce said I got new tires you needed new tires I did I really did he said they're basically bald and I was like well you didn't have to say it like that they're yeah, right there they were pretty bad they're right there though <laughs> but <laughs> as much as you drive though oh yeah they're the money makers spend the money but like they're the money makers yeah if I didn't have tires I couldn't even make money so. it's true you could drive on the rims <laughs> I don't think I'd make it very far. But probably not. But still, bright side, now I have basically four new tires. Because the other two I changed like during school. So that's probably wasn't but three months ago. Yeah. So I'd say they're basically you They're know, basically new. Basically new. So Yeah. But that's about it though. You know, three day work week. Whoop. Hey man, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yep. That was bla- that was blasphemy. <laughs> I met the other day too. What was it? Um Oh, I bought... There's just massive roll of firecrackers. The big roll... Did I tell you about that one? Like the big massive roll of firecrackers that we were trying to sell. Those cherry bombs that the big, like... The big, huge one. Yeah, well, that... Well, yeah. I bought it without asking last year because I really wanted to sell it. So I went to the firework distributor and I bought it. And I brought it back and Dad was like, we're never going to sell that. We sold it. Really? And so when I wasn't even there, I went. I was actually asleep in my truck. I had to take a nap, so oh I would go. Goodness. I turned the truck on in, in the air and took a nap, <laughs> and I got up two hours later. This was July third. Wow. I woke up and I was like, I went lay down like four. What year is and it? And I woke up and I was like, it's six thirty. What so year I, is it? And I was like, we sold that thing, and I went praise Jesus 
love on Jehovah or something, and I put my arms up, and Dad goes, that was blasphemy. And I went, yeah, probably was. Why didn't they come but, wake you? I don't know. I would have loved to meet exactly. the guy that bought it. Like, you have no idea. Shake his hand. Exchange numbers. <laughs> you have no idea how excited I am for I you. want you to send me a video how it goes. Because we used to keep a bunch of them, and then we never sold them, so Dad was like, no more. They're a bit daunting. They're like, awesome. it was like as big as a large pizza. It was, it was awesome. Big old pie of pizza right there, and it, except it shoots at you, so. I'm excited. Really. You're but, gonna have to buy one next year, so you can light it yourself. I will. They just make a big mess. You had to put them in like a bucket or a barrel or something because they they're a big mess. Yeah, I had but to. They're fun. They, I saw the trailer have a big old burnt spot in it, and I asked him and uh, asked Jay, and he's like, "My freaking fireworks caught on fire." They did. We we shot all the fireworks on the highway, and then like in a hurry, like threw them on Dad's trailer before the traffic came, and then one of them caught on fire on the way home <laughs> and burned a big spot. Of it. I felt bad. But that's what he told us to do. He was like, just put them on the trailer. Yeah. So, because we do shoot our fireworks probably in an illegal location <laughs> on the highway. But it's beautiful right there. Everybody loves it. So, we just toss it. Yeah. But it was so fun because we were shooting off. It was like 8.50 when we started our show. And I'm talking like thousands of dollars worth of fireworks. It was insane. Yeah. And what we do is me and my brother-in-law lay them out on the sidewalk. And we work our way to each other. And in the middle, like, four fireworks are the finale. Yeah. We have this down to a science. How was the wacky tabacky? It was awesome. Really? It was, it was the part of the finale. It was huge. Really? And, um, but it was funny because the shitty show started at nine. Mm-hmm. Well, people were, like, last minute coming through down the highway to go to town to watch the show. And they would pass ours and, um like stop at the gas station down the road and a lot of people sat and watched because it went on for like 25 minutes yeah. it was a long show Yeah, I was drenched in sweat <laughs> when we got done but it was fun but they, like they would leave and then like probably 10 or 15 cars like pulled out of the gas station and we're like blowing the horn as they went by because they didn't even go watch the city show it was fun that's I love awesome. fireworks I love them they're, awesome. birthday, they're a waste of money oh um, but they're awesome they're awesome just think that Everybody on Monday, except in the U.S., had to work because America's awesome. Have fun working, British people. That's right. Bleh. Take the L. That. I didn't have to work. Me either. I did work, but at the firework tent, so it's it's fun. It's like fun work. It is. All work's fun work. But we should probably get into into some Bible study. Let's do it. So uh, we kind of left y'all off on, I won't say a cliffhanger, but uh, a not you know, closed topic mm-hmm. in uh, Matthew chapter 10, 40 uh, through 42. And uh, I'll tell you what kind of my dad thought it was talking about. And I don't know. I don't know if it's completely right. I think there's two different sides of it, however you want to interpret it. But um, dad said it was referring to the Shunammite woman when he, uh, she was helping the prophet Elijah in First Kings chapter 17. Where specifically Elijah asked for, if you remember, I kind of update you on the story. Um, the lady is uh, picking reeds, and Elijah enters into the city, and her son just dies, pretty much. And so Elijah asked for a vessel of water or a cup of water and a morsel of bread, and she leaves and makes that for him. And then she's like, "Oh, my son's dead." And then Elijah gets up almost immediately and goes and like resurrects the son, pretty much. And so I think that kind of 
goes back to whoever receives me and whoever receives uh, receives me receives him who sent me and receives their prophet's reward. And I think that's kind of where that kind of happens where if we receive somebody, or not even we, will put us as the people who are going out. If somebody receives us saying the good message of, you know, Jesus and all that, if they receive that, then they have the potential of receiving the same reward that we are in heaven. Or if they choose to neglect it, then they their reward, it's not really a reward, but would be to go to hell. Right. So, and then, but you had another... Well, and we were talking about this for probably 10 minutes before we started. They're still not and fully... Yeah, and then, I mean, it's... Grasped it. We're not, I mean, we're not Bible scholars, you know... I was partly one for a while, but like <laughs> you were so close. But the way I took it, I guess to put it, I look at the Bible and I try to get real world, real world application. That's just the type of, I guess, Bible student that Mindset. I am. Because yeah. I want to find, I want the application. And so I was thinking about it this way: of you know, if I don't know Jackson from Adam, and he's outside working, whether I've hired him to do something in my house or, or whatever. And you visibly see that he's hot, doesn't have waters, and like you go outside out of your way and bring him water. Like that bottle of water was probably twenty five cents. I'm not it's not a big hit. I can do that. It's not the last water that I've got. Like to to me that would be like second nature. Yeah. Just hey, you need a bottle of water here, you know. And it's not like it's this great, amazing, you know, most beautiful, elegant gift. It's yeah. just, hey, here's some water. And that should show him that, hey, he, that guy's thinking, that's, that's nice. The little He's thinking things. of me. But if if I give you that, then obviously, like, that's a nice guy. But if, if it goes further as to, well, hey, why why would you bring me a bottle of water? Yeah. And you can say, because I'm, I'm trying to do the Lord's work. Yeah. And, it, and because every, as Christians, and I do believe this, every little thing that we do as just like that refers to as, as small as giving a cup of water then that's showing the love of Christ yeah. it doesn't have to be hey I'm going to give you $500 in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. like it's every small thing that you can do to bring joy and love to somebody else that's that's God's work Yeah. and so but if that conversation well I'm trying to do the Lord's work and you leave them with that Hey, they may become a Christian because of that. And if they do, they get the same reward that we do. Yeah. You know, and if they don't, kind of like what you were saying, they live their life without God, then they may not make it to heaven. Yeah. So that's the way that I see it. And it's and I the my what I said last podcast was like I didn't look at it before. That was like my face value thing. And I don't think it was exactly accurate. Accurate. But that's what we think now. And whether that's right or wrong, it's up to you to do your own studying. Yeah. So don't take anything that we say, do not take that as the gospel. Yeah. Because you guys tend to do your own studying yourself. And and hopefully this hopefully this podcast helps you do that. Yeah. Hopefully it makes you think, hopefully it makes you turn over to Matthew and be like, Oh wow, that's kinda cool. Yeah. So that's our take on it. But now we're in Matthew eleven. Yep, closing out chapter 10. You know what? I'll start. I'm so... I don't know how far you want me to go down, but... You can go as far as you want. I don't want to go too far. We'll just go... We'll do the first three verses. You don't have to put a label on it. Matthew chapter 11, verse, picking up in verse 1. 
When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in, the, in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciple and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? You can't even hide beyond. Did, did anyone else hear that? Well, no, they I probably did it, not. And I should speak my mind, so I, I saw it and I spoke it. Thank you. You're welcome. For pointing out my flaws. You're welcome. So, okay. Well, I kind of like rose a question when I first read this uh, being, how can John doubt Jesus? You know, as John baptized Jesus, he literally saw the dove when we studied this earlier come out of the heavens and said, you know, this is my son and all this. And I mean, John saw all of that. And then now John here, we just read in verse three, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And so I kind of did some some studying, did some more historical work, and what I kind of found was there's a couple of reasons, but the first one was Jesus was so unpopular among the people and the rulers. And so that's kind of not a good thing to think of, like, oh, if you're the Messiah, you should be accepted by all people. Like, everyone should want to, you know, want to cling to you. And some people did, but some, you know, the Sadducees and, and the... Uh, just all those people in the rulers were like, oh, you know, you're blasphemy, get out of here, kind of deal. And then another one was kind of the teachings of the day. And so, obviously, John had to have heard this from somebody. But during that time, rabbis were kind of seen as uh, there was going to be messengers that would arrive. And this is in, you know, Matthew fashion, referring to the Old Testament. That's in Malachi. And uh, the the rabbis had like a two-sided nature where one would be a suffering servant, also known as the prophet, and that's in Isaiah 53. And then another one would be a king. And so I'm thinking that John was thinking that you're neither of those. Or if you're the first one, where's the second one kind of deal? And so um, the first one was uh, reference the prophet would suffer and die for their sins. And the second one, the Christ, would be the one who would rule over the land. And so... John here is kind of like contemplating, you know, why, even though I baptized you and I saw all this happen, you know, some of these people, I'm listening to the world, they're telling me a different story. I think that's very relatable nowadays. Go ahead. But up to this point, John has not seen... It's true. He's in prison. He has not seen Jesus' miracles either. Mm -hmm. So he's heard all this stuff, Mm -hmm. but he's not seen any of it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying what he questioning him is right, but I do I understand. Yeah. Cuz like he's not seen him do anything mm-hmm. because he's been in prison. Yeah. And so it it kind of raises the question of, you know, what would we do in that situation? I mean, yeah. yeah, we've been teaching and talking about about all this stuff, but we're like, well, I've not actually seen it. Yeah. So, I mean, and we can relate to that. I mean, there's so many times you know, and I feel like I'm a, a faithful Christian, but I've got some questions yeah. for Jesus because I've not seen his miracles. I've read about them and mm-hmm. I believe in them. Yeah. But I mean, there are things that I'm like, I want to ask Jesus about that. It's always easier to Why? see. You know, and so yeah. I understand that he was like, are you sure yeah. you're Jesus? Yeah. You know, because too, a lot of times in the Old Testament, people of power, like... They want you to know that they have power. Oh, yeah. Like, we've seen so many kings in First and Second Kings that are like, well, 
and they wear the finest of clothes. And, they, and I think that's the picture, honestly, that's the picture that I would paint if I was John the Baptist. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I know Jesus and I, I know all these things. And I would think when I see him coming, after hearing about all this stuff, I'd be like, this man's going to be adorned in, you know, white clothes mm-hmm. and, and just somebody of power. And then Jesus walks up, it's like, so, yeah, it's like, like sandals and who are you? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, you sure you're this Messiah everyone's been talking about? And so I understand, I really yeah. do. Yeah, I get that too. But I guess we'll move on. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So I'll I'll do four through six. And Jesus answered them, "Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead cleansed." Wait, excuse me. Sorry. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So basically, what he's doing is basically proving that Christ is the Messiah. Yeah. Right then. Because he's like, okay, why don't you talk to all these people that have had miracles performed on them? Yeah. And basically, he's proving himself and saying, I'm, I'm Jesus, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. He's like fulfilling those old testament prophecies yeah he's like hey i'm gonna heal these people i mean it says that like in isaiah i think 35 where he's kind of reassures them that he's fulfilling these he's raising i mean he's allowing people to walk again and he's you know healing the blind and cleansing the lepers and stuff like that and uh okay but his message to them is just why don't you go tell John, hey, this is this is what really happened. Yeah. And then it also, at the end of 6, you know, there's a blessing on those who don't fall away, mm-hmm. that are not offended, the one who continues to believe. And, you know, to put that in real world, real world perspective, it's hard to explain Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is just, this is not, this is my opinion. But, like, unless you have seen and felt... Jesus working in your life then it's hard because you know I didn't I felt that for a long time that I was like I'm a Christian but yeah I go to church and I sing these songs I mean that that's it mm-hmm. but then when you really put your trust in him you can see him work in your life though we can't see the miracles now mm-hmm. But guys, Jesus can work miracles with you. Now, it's not physical. Yeah. It's not, if you're blind, I'm sorry, <laughs> is what it is. It's yeah. not, if you That's... become a Christian, it's not going to go away. Yeah. But it's a different type mm-hmm. of, of working and, and miracles in your life. Because miracles are situations that you're put in, people that you get to meet. And that's yeah. Jesus working. I mean, it is. Yeah. And so that's kind of what took for us to relate it because... If something traumatic happens in our lives or we're not interested in being a Christian and then all of a sudden, you know, you study, well, yeah, I need to be baptized. I need to be a Christian. But until you really just give it to him, you don't know what it's like either. Yeah. And it's easy. And he says, and he's alluding to this in verse 6, then blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Blessed is the one that keeps following me. Because, yeah. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. I get it where he's like, who is this Jesus guy? You know, yeah. there's been so many times in my life that I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why is this happening? But then you think about it like, Jesus works in my life every day. Yeah. Every single day. You know, we're, we're leaving to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Never in my life did I dream I would get to do that. Mm-hmm. And this is my third trip. Yeah. 
that's a miracle. Yeah. Jesus worked on and made that happen. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I never, back home, whenever I lived in Crossville under a rock, <laughs> never <laughs> did I believe that I would get to go and be a part of something like that. But now you're like, oh, it's like second nature. Yeah. But if you think about it, you're like, this is God. He did this. Oh, yeah. He allowed that opportunity to happen and stuff like that. I definitely agree with that. But uh, we'll keep going. I'll read now. I'll just read the next three verses. Okay, picking up in verse 7. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed by the soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. We'll stop there. Read one more. Okay. Read verse 10. This is he who uh, he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. So, it's kind of, it's, it's almost ironic at this point, because Jesus basically said here and heard John say, Are you sure you're the one? And so, it's kind of condemnation of John here. Because he's saying, well, what did you go to see? A reed, not a reed chicken by the wind. You know, you came to see a man of authority and power, not dressed in fine clothes, not a life that is not transparent. But he says, but it's more than a prophet. It's not just John the Baptist. For John fulfills that prophecy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on, that's why I had you read 10, because this says, this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before me? So he's saying, all of this time, you know, yes, John's one of my prophets, yeah, yeah. but I'm the one that he's preparing the way for. Yeah, you didn't go. Him. You didn't go out to see just some normal person. This is the Messiah. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost he's almost being, I don't know how you would describe it, ironic. Yeah. Because he's like, why are you guys here? Because yeah. of John? No, Sarcastic. Okay. I, I'm the one that. That you've been preparing to see. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that the messenger was here, John. Mm -hmm. But I'm the one who he's preparing the way for. It's me. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool. Because, I mean, think about this. I don't know how even even we would relate this to our day. But, like, Justin Bieber. Bieber. You know, got that Bieber Bieber fever. Bieber fever. Bieber. I have Bieber fever. Bucky's. (laughs) Bucky's. But, like... Imagine if, I mean, we all know who Justin Bieber is, and I'm not going to lie, like, I don't like him as much as I used to, but, like, if I saw him, I'd still be like, wait, it's Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. And it would be kind of cool, because I know who that is. I've been, I'm not seeing him, but I've been told about him, and I hear his songs and all that, and when I see Justin Bieber, like, I would expect, like, oh, shoot, it's Justin Bieber. I, I wouldn't expect that to be told. Yeah. But if, if me and you were in a crowd somewhere... And he's dressed in not the finest of clothes and all that. Then I then he's like, you're like, oh, that's mm. that's Justin Bieber. Really? That's, really? Yeah. And Jesus is kind of like, it's me. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And so and that's what we have to understand too. As Christians, sometimes we do have to look really hard. And it's sad that so many people that think that oh, if I become a Christian, all of my problems are going to go away. Yeah. Like sometimes we have to search and be like. I've been, I'm going through a rough time here. Like, but he's, I know he's here. 
But sometimes you just have to look for those moments towards you. It's oh, it's me. I'm here. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm here. You know. So that I think that's kind of cool. I agree. The fact that the that. Messiah, the Son of God, guys, if I was the Messiah, yeah, I would be dressed in fine linens. Dripped I'm out. not. Can the preacher be be honest here? Yeah. I, think, I love that. Matt Miller <laughs> says that. Can the preacher be honest? Yeah. Like if I was the Messiah. You best I would have like the an entourage. I ride in on an elephant. And, yeah, be like, don't worry, the Messiah is here, and that's so selfish. Like we, we would. Oh yeah. If you you if would you be the same power. way. Yeah. But like I would be dressed in like the nicest yeah. Gucci and for our our t- turns. Like I would have some nice. Oh yeah. Designer clothes, Porsche, and, or anything. But he's saying, hey, it's me. I'm here, and yeah. that's that the humility of that. Mm-hmm gives me goosebumps because I'm like that's Jesus yeah and if we're supposed to be like that then we need to understand that we've got to be practice a little bit of humility yeah because the the amount of humility that Jesus have where it's to this point where you're like I'm right here yeah <laughs> you didn't go out to see anybody else I'm right here I wish I could be that I wish I could do that oh, I yeah. can't I'm selfish oh, yeah. we all are but I mean I don't know no, I agree. I agree with all of that. Just with the humility and having to... And it's hard to practice that, especially in today's world where it's saying, you know, be yourself and, you know, you do you and self, self-help, self which I agree with, you know, self-help. You know, you need to always make sure yourself is good, too. But uh, Jesus is just like, it's me. <laughs> it's me. And that's cool. It's like whenever... I like to watch Undercover Boss. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But I watch it on TikTok. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> I, I follow these people and they'll have like 30 parts. Like they'll have these and you small just scroll videos through. And I will sit here in my bed and watch all of it. Every one of them. And I think it's so cool like when they dress up and then they appear and they're like, hi, I'm the CEO of Walmart. And you're like, oh my gosh, I was with you a lot. That's so, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I won't keep rambling about it, but that blows my mind. Just the humility of Jesus to be able to be like, I'm the Messiah. I'm, I'm here. And you're like, really? Yeah. So I'll keep reading here. Verse 11, it says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. So, um... Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violence taken by force. For all the prophets and all the law prophesied until, until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elisha who is who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Well, first off in 11, what a great compliment. Like imagine Jesus... Or anyone coming up to you and be like, truly I say to you, among those born of women, so everyone, mm-hmm. there's none arisen greater than you. Right. How would that make you feel? Bubbly. On cloud nine. <laughs> Bubbly. I mean, Especially yeah. Jesus who says that to you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, although, what does it mean? Because I, I was just kind of, maybe not confused, but maybe misread it, when it says just in that next uh, sentence, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So, let me read that again. I have a hard time. Yet the one who is least in, in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So he's basically saying, he's talking about heaven, mm-hmm. like, yes, he's the greatest person on earth, okay, All born right. of woman, but if you make it to heaven, even if you're the least, yeah, 
you st- you're still better than John. I get it now. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, he's you. the best thing on earth. Mm-hmm. But he's alluding to this reward of heaven. But it's it's almost like, yeah, he's the greatest one here, but just wait. Yeah. Wait till you see heaven. Yeah, I got you. So, um, I think it's kind of funny, too. Not funny, but it's cool. Because he's saying, yes, he's the greatest one on, on earth, you know, of born of all women. And then in verse 13. <laughs> Sorry. Words are hard. But he's saying, but then verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and all the violence take it by force, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So he's, he's continuing to allude to the fact that he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He's saying, yes, John is the greatest person that's ever walked the earth, born of women, but there's the kingdom of heaven is still suffering. Yeah. And there's still violence and all these things until now. Yeah. And it's almost like he's still trying to convince people. Oh, yeah. That he's Jesus. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, John's great, but now I'm here, basically. And now I'm, I'm ready to, everything that you've heard about, I can do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's I think that's awesome. It really and then in verse fifteen, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So kinda of like what we were talking about last week, and if I'm taken away from your notes, no. let me know. Go ahead. But like it's it's almost like yes and he's not puffing himself up. Jesus yeah. was not a haughty like I am the most the greatest thing in the world. He knows that he is. But I, that's what I think is so cool. Like he's saying again He's the greatest until now. He's the, you know, all these things. But then he ends that little talk in verse 15 of, but he who has ears, everyone, let him hear. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the greatest. Um, I'm the greatest thing. I mean, I am the, the prophet the most of God. I'm, you know, everything. I'm the Messiah. But if you'll listen and everyone can do it, if you'll just listen. Yeah then you can get this reward. You can get heaven. Yeah. And that's what's cool, too. We have to understand that as Christ, you know, as as Christians, of we need to be spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because we're not the only ones that can, I mean, we're not the elite, as the Puritans believe, like we were talking about earlier. Like, anyone who has ears... Yeah. Let them hear it. It's the same thing going back to the, you know, Matthew 10 and 40, 42. Like, if you hear the words, then you can potentially receive the same reward that we are. Right. So, so all connected. Right. And if you keep going in 16, it says, But to what um, shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirage to you. And you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He has a demon. But the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunken, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by, by her deeds. So, this is, it gets a little complicated. Um, luckily, I do have a few notes about it. But, basically, it's showing John's been here. And I, I love the comparison. It's almost like he's starting to speak in a parable. But it's like, what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirage, and you did not mourn. So he's like, I think John, or people have this conception of John the Baptist that he was the son of God. Mm-hmm. 
that he was the Messiah. But John couldn't perform the miracles. Yeah. He didn't have that gift. And so it's like they're saying, we, we did everything for you, but you didn't dance. And we played a sad song, but you weren't upset. And there, it was basically him continuing to justify and saying, John couldn't do all that. Yeah. But I can. And so basically he did speak in a parable there of the differences in ministry. You know, Jesus the Messiah versus John the Baptist. And so because whenever John came, and then if you continue in 16, or 18, sorry, my eyes are blurry today for some reason. But it says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said he has a demon. So basically when John appeared to these people, he too had to convince them that he was this messenger. Yeah. But it was saying, you know, John, and I put in my notes, you know, the person who's trying to follow God by fasting and doing all that, living in the desert, kind of being an outcast, all that, versus Jesus the Messiah, who did come eating and drinking in verse 19, but yet they still, they're like, well, <laughs> Jesus is like a normal person. Yeah. So they're, they're calling him gluttonous and a drunker, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So he's still trying to push to them that I'm Jesus. I'm the, I'm the Messiah. Yeah. And it's okay that I do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to put on a show for you. I'm not trying to, to do all these things. And that's what, that is, I, I, I'm not going to rant. You know I like to rant. Do it. But I mean, that's what makes me so upset. Is because, guys, ministers, because I, I would compare John the Baptist to a minister. Yeah. You know, and I'll talk about me just because it's easy to do that, but I'm a minister. Okay, youth ministry for three or four years and now this, worship ministry, but I'm still a minister at a church. Mm -hmm. And so many times people take what we say as gospel. Yeah. And that's, you can't do that. I mean, we, I have no power. Yeah, I can tell you about all these great things. And I can hopefully show you through my life, but I'm not Christ. I can't, I can't fix you. And that's what, you know, I, I really saw that in the tornado. Because people, if I was introduced to somebody, and I got called pastor so many times. <laughs> because, you know, I rode around with uh, Randy Porter one day, the county mayor. And uh, he was introducing me to some people. This was like... the. May or March the 4th, so like right after it happened. And they would be like, oh, I'm so glad that the pastor's here. You know, he can bless our house. He can do... And I was like, that's not that's not how it works. That's not how I roll. And, and that's the way he's saying, you know, John came in here and they were kind of freaked out by him. And then I came and they're really freaked out by me. Yeah. But it's the comparison of, yeah, and, and we, we do too, you know, as quote-unquote ministers, we are kind of preparing the way for Christ. Mm. And not really preparing the way for Christ, but I guess trying to prepare people to get to heaven. Yeah. And giving them the tools so that they can study themselves. That's what a minister does. Yeah. And that's what John was doing. Mm -hmm. But he's still, Jesus is still trying to justify it and saying, you need to listen. And not only do people need to repent and believe, but they need to find ways to do to live it, mm -hmm. you know, every day. And so Matthew is clear here saying, 
wisdom comes from um, both things. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is being able to listen and and hear the things that John is saying, and and then taking them and using them in your life. Wisdom comes from. That's why I was saying from her deeds, plural. Like wisdom comes from both aspects. Yeah. Listen to John, but now that I'm here, listen to me. And I've thought about that so many times because, I mean, there are so many ministers that I respect. Like Richard Perry, awesome guy. Kevin Darty, Chase Fletcher. Like, I respect those people. Yeah. But when I get to heaven, my biblical questions no longer go to them. Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, and I would hope this, <laughs> I thought about this one day, I don't know why, but like on the day of judgment, I hope someone will come to, like, hope somebody doesn't come to me and they're like, Dylan, what does this mean? What does all this mean? You're like, Jesus is right there. <laughs> yeah. Go ask him. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's happening here. It's like, he's comparing John to himself. And if I was John, I'd be like, there's Jesus, go ask him. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about me anymore. And that's what we have to understand that. And people will see you as at some point at some point in their life. Well, Jackson knows all these things. Jackson can save me. No. no. Or Dylan, as a minister at a church, knows all these answers. He can save me. No. No. Christ, the the blood of of God. The the word. That's what saves you. And so get this idea out of your head that your pastor, your preacher, your Elder, your deacon, whatever, get it out of your head that they're the ones that save you. And that may seem ridiculous for me to say. Yeah. It happens. Oh, yeah. It happens. You have to assume some responsibility. You know, I I can, I won't say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. But um, I baptized a kid at Short Mountain. And um, he is a unique individual. Yeah. Is he not? But... It was funny because we were talking and it was like, thank you for baptizing me. That's what, and, and that was nice. And I'm like, oh, that, you're welcome. But he kept going and he said, thank you for allowing me a shot at getting to heaven. And I stopped him right there and I said, I want you to understand it doesn't matter who baptized you. Yeah. I didn't do anything but lift you down into the water and pick you back up. Yeah. Christ is what saves you. Mm-hmm. And whether you be wanting to realize it or not, that's a problem. People follow people. Yeah. People were following John the Baptist. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, he was the vessel. That's all they got. But there comes to a point now, because we do have the answers. They're in the Bible. Yeah. And I like to tell people about them. Mm-hmm. But your pastor, preacher, they don't save you. Stop yeah. following people. Follow God. That's what you have to do. You know, that's why I can't stand it when a preacher leaves somewhere and all these people go with him. Yeah. I'm like, why? And that's not wrong. Maybe, maybe it truly is time for you to find a new church home. And that's fine if you're yeah. not growing there. Don't follow people. Yeah. Don't. Because... No one person can get you to heaven. Only Christ. Now, somebody can show you the way and show you how to do it, mm-hmm. but you, you get there with God and no one else. Your wife, 
your nothing. Yeah. Christ gets you to heaven. Period. And that's what he's doing here. He's comparing what's going on, and he's saying John was great. He did. He fulfilled what he had to do. But I'm the Messiah. Now you need to take what he teaches you and what I show you, put them together. That's wisdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe. So that's it's, but it's. I wish the Bible sometimes was just more plain, and like just said it instead yeah. of. But that's what he's saying is like we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. Well, you're not Jesus. We we played this sad song, but you didn't cry. Well, I'm not Jesus. But now, Jesus is here. He can do everything. You know. So, we'll read verses twenty. Do you have any more on no. that? So then he began to denounce the cities where most of his most mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, uh, woe to you, for if it if the mighty works done in you had not been done in Tyre and Sidon, um, they would have represented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment. Um, and you, Capernaum, I keep having a hard time seeing today. <laughs> Okay, I'm verse 22. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And to you, Capernaum, will you be exalted in heaven. You will be brought down to Hades for it. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have been remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. That's crazy. Yeah. To think about. So what he's saying in verse 20, I'll go back up to 20. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. So he's saying, yeah, I did all these great things there, but they didn't repent, so it was for nothing. That's basically what he's saying. And yeah. then it, this is scary. Yeah. Because now it says, but in verse 20 and verse 22, but I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than you. So basically, these cities that he's talking about, he's saying they didn't repent. Mm -hmm. They didn't care. And he's saying it's going to be more bearable for you to be there than it will be for you on the day of judgment. And then it even refers to Sodom and Gomorrah in verse 24. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. That's how powerful this message is that Jesus is carrying with him. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I'm showing you, I'm showing you what this is. And if you don't believe it on the day of judgment, just wait. Yeah. Because it's going to be bad. Go on. And that's what blows my mind. And maybe you can shed some light on this. Because I can be closed-minded sometimes. <laughs> okay. Why? When someone reads the Bible and they know what's right, why would you not do it? Why? I, I wish I had an answer, but because I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, it literally says you're going to go to hell if you do these things. I just, I feel like people that might say that they have like the idea in their head that they believe in Christ and all this, but I don't think they're fully their hearts and minds aren't fully there. Because if you really, truly, in my opinion, fear hell, you wouldn't do these things. 
I feel like just you read about it. I mean, a fire that's never quenched and it, it's everlasting. It's for eternity. I can't imagine why you would be like, oh, well, I've read this. I know what it says, but yet I'm still, I'm still going to go do it. It says it's wrong, but you know what? I like the way it is. I'm still going to go do it. So we still work on our own agenda instead of really focusing on, you know, bigger things. You know, we have to think about our soul and like, I, I don't want to go to hell. I don't know anyone. I mean, maybe there are some people. I But those people I can't comprehend if they're wanting to go to hell. But that's just, I'm, I'm the same with you. I can't really, I feel like I'm close-minded to that subject that I, I can't comprehend why you would know what you're doing is wrong and yet you're still like, I'm okay with it, you know? Yeah. There, there's, I've heard people say that they're going to hell and they're okay with it. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Like, And I, I don't... That doesn't make sense to me. Because I get it, guys. We're not seeing the miracles. We're not. Yeah. But what we read is the inspired word of God, and we get to to learn about them and see what happened and see how it changed lives. Mm. They they happened. I I know it 100% more than anything I've ever known in my life. And we read about it, and we're instructed on what to do. Why not listen to it? Yeah. I mean, and I think... It boils down to so many people expect more from Christ. That's Yeah, that's the thing, too. I feel like when we kind of go back to not all of it, but like they, the people of that day heard of two messiahs coming. And then, you know, John was like, are you the messiah that, or is there another one? People aren't expecting Jesus to come like that. And that's why they're still doubting, doubting him. They're not like, oh, okay, you know, you're not Jesus because the messiahs, you know, that's obviously like we were saying. You're supposed to be royalty and gi- you know ginormous amongst amongst people. Everyone knows your name, and and then when they see Jesus, they're like, "You realize you only have sandals on?" Kind of deal. Yeah. Like they don't expect that. People want way want things to fit on their agenda and what their thought process is instead of like really accepting you know truth. You know, people don't want to, and that's and that's for everything. You know, like Richard Lesson, uh, Sunday morning, he would read scripture, and he would only read it for so far, and then when he got to the point that he didn't like, he physically ripped it out of the Bible and threw it away. And I feel like that's you know that's how a lot of us are. You know, we read about divorce and we read about lust and we read it so far, and then we're like, oh, okay, okay, I'm still good. And then you're like, oh, whoa, that kind of that kind of hurts. I'm kind of that's what I do now. And mm-hmm. so you're like, oh. I'm not going to read about that anymore. And then they just turn the page. And people kind of, I think that's a lot a lot of the problem that people only read so much to make themselves feel good. And right. then as soon as it gets bad and dirty, they're like, I'm out. Yeah. And let's finish it really quick because I was going to stop there, but we only have a few verses left. Let's do it. But verse 25 says, And at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children revealing the Messiah. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to any to whom the Lord chooses to reveal to him. Come to me. Listen. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. The entire, if I had to put a theme of Matthew 11, it's why would you doubt God? Mm -hmm. Why would you doubt him? And he's talking to John the Baptist Mm -hmm. and also the people around him. Yeah. And guys, we know the truth. You and even if this is the first time you've ever listened to this, I hope that you know the truth, or at least to make your mind start working that you can't get through life without Christ. That is the simplicity of it. Yeah. And that He came and died for your sins to give you a shot at heaven. He saves you. No one person can do that. Yep. And he and he even and this is why I wanted to read this. Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I can make things easier for you. You know, take my yoke upon you. Take me and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Bring it to me. Mm -hmm. I'll help you. You don't hear that very often these days. Yeah. (laughs) Bring it to me. I got your back. And so when people are just like, no. I'm good. Why? Why? I don't understand. Guys, you can't save yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't save you. Jackson can't save you. The only person that can is Jesus. Why doubt him? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's okay to, to have questions. I have questions. I've been a Christian for a long time. I have questions. And I'm going to ask him one day. Oh, yeah. But my questions don't even remotely make me doubt who Jesus is. I just want to know why. Exactly, yeah. And I do. I have I have a list of questions. Not really, just in my mind. No. That if I were to die at any given point, that's the first thing I'm asking Jesus. Here's some questions I have. Yeah. And not out of anger. Just like, I'm curious. I want to know. Yeah. I feel like my questions wouldn't be very deep. Yeah. Be like, Mine are deep. How big was the why. fish? <laughs> like, how'd yeah. you do that? I, I, I do. And that's, that's what I, that's my question. Why doubt God? Yeah. Why? Because he's saying you have the evidence. And, and this is like, this is real world like for today. Yeah. He's telling them, here's the evidence. Here's, here's why. Here's why you should believe in me. And he continues and continues to give him so much evidence. The Bible is your evidence. There it is. Mm-hmm. You don't need anything else. There's your evidence. Do what we're supposed to do. So, don't doubt God. Yeah. That's all I got. Give it all to him. That's all I got. That's all I what got. What do you have? That's all I got. Give it all to him. So, if you're struggling with something, don't blame it on him. Give it to him. Don't be like, why is God doing this to me? Just say, okay, God, here we go. There's nothing wrong with that because he says, come to me, bring it to me. I got your back. Always. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find. If you if you have somebody in your life today that says, I got your back always, don't let them go. But if the Messiah, the Son of God, says, I got your back always, follow him. Don't let him go. Follow him because it goes back to say that we read um, at the very beginning where it says, the one that sticks, and I can't find, I'm looking for it, but I can't find it. The one who sticks with me is going to be blessed. So don't doubt God. 
We'll be in Mexico, but we'll see you in, you'll hear from us in two weeks. Two weeks. Be prepared. Yep. Stay safe.